Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Fire Team Chat, IGN's Destiny Show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Joining me in the studio is CJ Gibson. What's up? Steven Rue. What's up? And we <laughs> kicked Sean Finnegan off the show. <laughs> we did it. No, we didn't. He's on a work trip. That's right. So right. that's Missy the Sean. real story. On, on today's show, we're going to be talking about how we feel about the future of Destiny 2 after hearing from Luke Smith. We're going to be talking about the gambit improvements we would like to see prompted by a tweet from Cosmo and... You will not believe what they've done to the weapons in PvP. Huge news, everybody. <laughs> Let me do a 15-minute intro. Like, subscribe. Oh. Hey, I'm doing a giveaway. <laughs> oh, Just kidding. smash that. Ooh, that's salt. <laughs> Let's <Ooh>. get... <laughs> I had to make it. I'm just teasing. That's pretty good. That's pretty uh, good. <laughs> I wanted to t- start the show talking about Luke Smith. He came out and he had this really, really uh, great post. And I'm, I'm just going to read it for context for everybody. He yeah. said, you're going to read the whole thing? Yeah. yeah, why not? I'll do it quick. Everyone, I want to share three things on behalf of the Destiny team today. First, our sincere thanks to the people at Activision who've helped bring Destiny to our players. High Moon Studios for their wonderful collaboration on Forsaken and Vicarious Visions, who helped establish a Destiny community on PC, worked with us on Warmind, and who is currently readying their Destiny swan song with content that will appear in the upcoming season of Redacted. Next, in the short term, we're continuing to build the content we promised for the annual pass. We've learned a lot from Black Armory that we will apply to future releases, most notably that we'd like the beginning experiences of content drops to be a better point of convergence for the player base. In Black Armory, we set the power requirement for the first forge too high, and that meant it wasn't a great chance to jump into some new content. We want to find the line between... We want to find the line between new content that many players can play and aspirational content for players to progress forward. We're exploring improvements to catch up mechanics for players to upcoming in upcoming seasons. Trying my best to look at the camera and read off a piece of paper. It's a little. <laughs> You're doing good. You got Last, this. Last, long term, Bungie is committed to Destiny. We created the universe and we hold its future entirely in our hands. The vast majority of the team is hard at work envisioning future experiences enemies and ways to play Mm -hmm. the guardian you've been building since 2014 we're going to keep doing that we're thinking about what it means to be fully to sorry we're thinking about what it means to be truly independent what it means to self-publish and crucially what destiny's future can now look like for our players it was a busy fall and it is going to be a busy year see you soon luke yeah i thought that was uh uh, really, really excellent post for him, and that's why I wanted to read it in, in his entirety. Thank you, Luke Smith, uh, or the people, at least the people at Bungie who probably listen to this show. Luke's too busy yeah. working. Uh, <laughs> they're, no, they're... thank, thank you for that. I, I, I like seeing this sort of sincerity, and it, it meant a lot for me to see somebody at that level take the time to write something like that, and just saying, "Hey, we care about this franchise. We yeah. have a lot to learn. 
we're making new enemies. Yeah. <laughs> we have, yeah. And, and we're listening to you guys. So I wanted to ask, uh, let's start long term. How do you feel? Because short term, we know what's coming. We're going to go through a season of redacted. Yeah. And then we're going to move it into this new Activision free bungee destiny world and it's going to be an interesting place for them it sounds like yeah and for us as players well so and then the last little line here and i'm glad you, you said didn't say it because i could save it when i look ahead and think about uh, destiny where it could go i see a bright future with roots in a memorable past not everything has been lost in the dark corners of time so two vogue <laughs> references from luke in the span of one week last time obviously when they made the announcement uh what was the line he used uh, guardians make their own fate yep uh, Really good. Uh, so I keep thinking, yeah, there's a bunch of things, obviously, that they're probably going through internally. It's nice to see him acknowledging also the studios that were involved, like Vicarious Visions and High Moon Studios with PC ports and everything like that. Uh, now thinking, yeah, where will we go in Destiny 2 again? Uh, it does feel like maybe there's a, a, a vault or some kind of other space in Destiny 1 maybe on the horizon coming. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I like those. I don't know about you guys, but I've never understood the rehashed, I don't want to see Destiny 1 content anymore. Oh, I no, I, I would love it yeah. if they just, hey, Destiny 1's in Destiny 2 now. You can do all the stuff that you can do in <laughs> D1. full game. Yeah, or at I least think, the raids, the yeah. people, parts of the experience. Well, the people yeah. that do complain about that is when you have to pay for that content that gotcha. you paid for. Okay, so give me an example of what that means. Like, because we're right thinking, now, right? well, right now they're doing PvP maps pretty much for free regardless. Like, yeah. that's not included anymore, so that doesn't apply. So give me an example of where that does apply. Well, I was just saying it for reference. Like, I was thinking after this uh, year passed. Yeah. You, usually the cadence is we have these the mini DLCs and then the big fall DLC, right? Yeah. Well, they don't have to stick to that anymore as far as or, we know. You're right. So I was thinking as as soon as they're done with the season of the Redacted, they could bring back like all the old raids. Mm -hmm. 60 hey. FPS. <laughs> um, PC. And just stuff like that, but for free. And then they could just focus on Destiny 3 instead of working on, like, a big Destiny 2 DLC. But the problem is, is if you bring back all the old raids and you go, oh, it's, like, $40, then I think people would have a problem with it. Okay, so I see what you're saying. I guess uh, – so what I'm saying is – I don't know if you agree with this or not, Destin. I liked going back to the tower Prison for that Elders. first minute. Yeah, for that first opening oh. mission and Prison of Elders as yeah. well with um, – uh, we actually wrote down the mission, um, the Warden of Nothing. I thought that was really cool. Now, again, it was a reskin a little bit. You didn't play Prison of Elders. Mm -hmm. It was going back to that moment. Those little callbacks to Destiny 1, I love them. I like, love that. I don't moment. have a problem with that. I, I had a reaction to it. Yeah. I think we were streaming together and I was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. It's prison of elders. Absolutely. I, I liked that particular integration. Uh, to be honest, Steven, if they brought back all the raids and had it as an optional piece of content that you could pay $20 for, if you wanted to play that content mm -hmm. and somehow had it separate from core progression, I don't think the community would have as much of a problem as you think because they know they're supporting mm. Bungie directly. Oh, that's, that's, so there you go. That's, now that's that's it's not iffy. about Activision. Right? That's iffy. Though. But that's the thing. Like that's where to me that it's funny that you say that 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 psychology I talked a little bit about last show. That is weird. That now that it does seem like it's Bungie, that there's a perception difference of that, and you think maybe not. Well, I'm in the. I don't mind paying that whatever they'd charge for old rates like that, but I I think. There is a perception that even though they're away from Activision, it's like I paid a hundred something bucks for all these raids in Destiny One in the totality, right. and now I have to pay again for the same raids. That yeah. doesn't make sense. 
I think they already have something planned mm-hmm. with revisiting the old raids. That'll probably happen in Season of the Redacted. Season of the Redacted has yeah. the the raid sweeper bot that we all discovered. Sorry, spoiler warning if you haven't finished <laughs> the first raid in D2. Yeah. But um, they, they've sort of teased that he's dealing – he's working together with the, the Emperor, right? Yeah. Callus. Callus, yeah. 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 And um, I would not be surprised if we end up revisiting that old piece of content by season the redacted yeah looking forward to after that though that would be the future for me yeah i mean and i i don't know if they're just going to bring back all the old raids see i don't think they would because i don't think they would either there's something to be said about like just glimpses of nostalgia like Mm -hmm. those moments i think are super powerful because you know you were attached to the tower and that homecoming mission the intro we talk about the campaign not having memorable moments sometimes like we've said that on the show that moment at the reveal event still by far the best moment in destiny but it was oh, yeah. but it was at the reveal event so it felt like we saw it but even when you got a chance to play through it i don't think there's anything else that touches that moment because your tower was your home yeah and it was destroyed and when you're walking through it in that situation where it's on fire and zavala's getting there and then you see ikora yeah it's emotional but it's hard to do that over and over again so i don't think they'll lean into bringing a bunch of destiny one mm-hmm. content back but the, i think they'll bring like little touches of it or maybe it's a, a part in Vogue or something like that that they bring back yeah i think people harp on the story uh so much partially because there are moments in the in the context that are a little weird mm-hmm. but overall i think i still think it's a huge step up from where we're at with destiny one i understand yeah. what happened in the core destiny story tower got attacked we built up a base in the farm which we've never gone to since yeah what's up with that <laughs> <laughs> and then you know we we came back and we defeated Gaul, yeah, and the traveler woke up, yeah, and I remember all that, and there's still the mystery of what those shapes are, yeah. That I think the issue people take is just like that's. I feel like that plot line is never revisited again within right. within Destiny Two. It's obviously for Destiny Three, and and that's sort of weird because we never got the continuation or the answer to those mysteries, yeah, for quite some time now. And the Forsaken just totally disregards them entirely. Yeah, Cade's dead, and then stuff's going on with Marasov. Yeah. Yeah. It's not all in the main part of the game. It's mm-hmm. like additional on the side. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I know that's been one of your complaints. I will say, yeah, when you revealed the tower for the first time and it was a new section of the tower, mm-hmm. it was super cool to look up and see the other place just kind of like charred off in the yeah. distance mm-hmm. in that side. Uh, even that tower reveal moment was pretty cool. But yeah, it's hard to create those over and over again. But I think revisiting something from Destiny 1 would do that. But um, yeah, I'm curious to, to know as well what people would like to see. I think something from a raid would be cool. I don't think yeah. they'll do the raid verbatim. So to bring it back to the question at hand, uh, how do we feel about the future of Destiny? Immediate, I don't think a lot's going to change. I think we're going to mm-hmm. get the, the rollout plan through Season of the Redacted. And long term, I'm a little nervous only because Bungie has a lot of the business stuff to figure out, yeah. distribution and such, and they've admitted that publicly. Yes. Who knows what we're going to get for the next version of the game because Vicarious Visions you know, did the PC version. They were hugely instrumental in making mm-hmm. that happen, yeah. so... How do they make that happen again yeah. now that that relationship sort of severed? I have a lot of curiosities about what they have <laughs> facing them challenge-wise. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm hopeful, though, and I'm willing to see what they're, what they're able to do with it. How, do, how are you guys feeling? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm glad they've addressed those because I think between um, you know, their weekly updates as well as like Deej and other people tweeting those things out, it's like, yeah, people are wondering about publishing this and that. They seem obviously confident that they can do that. Yeah. Um, so that's reassuring that they feel that way. 
And I think, yeah, just moving forward, a lot of what maybe Luke's referencing, I don't think that that will happen until like this September. But I do think that will probably be like some kind of big content things story-wise this September. That's that's really interesting for me to hear you say. I don't think they're going to do anything this September. Really? Okay. I think they're going to shatter that content release cadence that they had yeah that's and i was thinking that too okay change it up so that's so when you say that yeah maybe not this september but i definitely think probably before the end of the year i think they'll maybe do um because the way he explained it or the way i i heard it is that they um they they obviously like the drip feed sort of content that we're talking about right now there's definitely this preconceived idea that if you're not into the game that you have to do a lot of little things to get into it and so i Mm -hmm. think they'll do maybe like a bit more of an initial like release. Like I think they realized that like creating a power level that was too high and then maybe not having strikes or anything new to do at first was probably a mistake. Mm -hmm. I think they'll do a little bit more of that, whether or not it's big and a massive story. I think there'll be something. Do you, do you think they still have a partnership with Activision to do massive updates to a platform like destiny Two, like huge story content things? Like, I don't know how that agreement being severed affects their ability to update the product that is destiny Two. Like, do they have to just launch destiny three at this point for their next major thing? Cause they could probably get away with an annual pass. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Cause like various visions will support them through September, but after September. Yeah. I mean, I figure if they were planning on a big DLC this fall, it would make more sense for them to kind of just scrap that and kind of merge that into what they're working with Destiny 3. I don't know. That that seems like a very feasible possibility to me. But that means you basically think that Destiny Destiny 2, quote, quote, will end its support this September? I mean, I don't know. No, no, no. no, no. no, no, no. Right? No, I'm, I'm saying we just won't get any big DLC this September. I think we'll get, like, little events, like, from the live team. Right, but when you say little events, do you think another annual pass type thing? I do. I, I think yeah. we'll probably see another yeah. annual pass, yeah. and that'll give them enough of a buffer to do a major content drop. Yeah, I don't – sorry, I guess to be clear then, I don't expect a Forsaken-style thing. Yeah, But I expect I maybe something like the way Warmind was that launches it and then has the annual pass kind of piecemeal out for the rest of the year. Like I think they realized not having anything – quote, quote, new within the context of story right off the bat was probably a mistake. Um, but I don't think it needs to be major if they're going to commit to doing an annual pass again. Like, I think yeah. there's a there's like a fine balance of the two things that they're doing. Like, yeah, I mean, like one or the other. It, what, whatever they decide to do, whether they keep going with Destiny 2, I think they're just going to make a new Destiny. It, it might not be called Destiny 3, but I think they are going to make a new standalone title. Uh, mm. I think that is what the public is looking forward to right now. I yeah. think right mm-hmm. now that they realize Destiny 2 is it's already being in the works like the the split from Activision is not going to change anything drastically in Destiny 2. Yeah. The next standalone Destiny title is what we're going to see what Bungie's really made out of. Yes. Yeah. Uh timeline wise are we about due for a Destiny 3 cuz they had their major content drop. I think we're supposed to go like another year. Like yeah, based I mean, on the Activision schedule, we then should launch next, we, not this September, the September yeah, after. We should that. be getting. We should have been getting a Destiny three in twenty twenty, right? Yeah, I, I, I could see it being like early twenty twenty one. Yeah, I mean it's weird that launch window is a little bit. Um, you know, it's always pretty dicey in that September, even November, uh, space just from like a competitive standpoint. Uh, but yeah, thinking of. This time with Destiny One, it would have been warm. Uh, it would have been um, Rise of Iron coming up in yeah. September. Yeah. In this September, so but and no, that was it would a, have been yeah. 
It yeah, Rise been, of Iron would have been this September, yeah, and that would have yeah, brought us through yeah, yeah. to next year. And that was a pretty big update in and of itself. Didn't Rise of Iron come out in the spring, though? Yeah. This annual pass kind of no, did it? No. I, I think Rise of Iron came out in September. That was their big launch. Yeah. And then they did the new raids, yeah. and they did like – and they were like, this is it for Destiny until September. And then they had this long gap where, yeah, you could still play Destiny 1, and Trials was still on. Yes. So people were still playing D1. Yeah. Oh, and they re-released the raids at the very end, and that was sometime they in They still like have to May. bring back Trials. I yeah. just yeah. didn't even think of that. Yeah, and exactly. Faction Rallies. Yeah. Or so, yeah. So there's that. a bunch of things I think that they can lean into. But, yeah, I mean think about all the things that were in Warmind – or uh, I keep saying Warmind. Rise of Iron, there was a lot of things from Crucible updates to those private matches added. Mm. Um, there, was a, there was a new game mode um, that maybe people not super fond of. Uh, no, not Rift. Uh, the collection. Supremacy. Supremacy. Supremacy, yeah. Um, and it's weird that some of those things launched at the beginning of D2 and then now are even gone. So they could bring that Sparrow Racing League. Like there's a bunch of things that people, I think, have commented. I saw a comment saying, hey, mention Sparrow Racing League. I didn't yeah. care for it. But within the con- yeah, but within the context of it being a little bit outside of the norm of hey, we're running around shooting things, it was actually kind of cool. Oh yeah, we didn't bring it up last week. I saw you in the comments talking about it. And yeah, I also forgot to bring it up. Cross progression, cross progression. And I think yes. I think the best way to do that is sort of like the epic style thing, where you're able to link all your accounts to your yes. Fortnite account, and then you can just play your same character across all platforms. Yes, it would be amazing. Well, yeah. if Destiny Two did that, because then like. You won't have that problem with people feeling excluded. That's exactly it. I mean, people were saying, oh, what about crossplay? I'm not so concerned about crossplay. I own all the consoles. Like, I own an Xbox. I have, you know, PlayStation and PC. So I play them on everything. It'd be nice if it was, but between the two, definitely cross progression to be able to actually play with your account on oh, PlayStation yeah. or Xbox players and not feel the need to grind to do that. Crossplay, too. I mean, do both. But if yeah. you're going to do one or the other, crossplay cross progression is. Yeah. Crossplay is definitely yeah. a lot more trickier because you have. The higher frame rate on yes. PC, mm-hmm. and then I don't know if that's the reason why I think it'd be an issue. Yeah, like, Fortnite gave people the model for how to do that, though. Yeah, right? yeah, and they if broke down the this, they broke down the barrier yeah. with Xbox and PlayStation being able to play together, so that was huge. So yeah, I, I definitely don't think crossplay would will ever be a thing in Destiny, but mm-hmm. definitely cross progression could definitely be a reality. Yeah, moving on to our next topic, we're going to talk about Gambit. And if Ronnie will go to the one, I will address that question. (laughs) There we go. Thank you, Ronnie. All right. So Gambit, a call was a call was put out by Cosmo, and he wants to know what improvements we would like to see in the mode Gambit for Destiny 2. And I wanted to pose it to you guys. What do you want to see changed in Gambit? Because for me, it's a really difficult question to answer. I love Gambit. My main problem is with Queensbreaker. Right. Right? That was the only thing. Uh, and the only other aspect that I could think of was the the team-related play when you go in solo. Right. Yeah. Like a way exactly. to sort of have better communication within solo play. Yeah. yeah. That, that's always a thing. I think people – I mean we play a little bit of competitive PvP. I'm on that uh, Not Forgotten grind. Um, and when you're talking about solo queuing versus like getting into a four stack, mm-hmm. it does change how the game feels. The reason why, obviously, is if you were solo queuing, you could be waiting forever to potentially only find another solo player, and that might take you know the enjoyment of sitting there for 20 minutes while you're waiting for that to populate. But yes, that would be a definite plus. How do they fix that though without it? Yeah, like being a, a negative impact of the experience, and and that's tricky. Like I don't know if that that can be solved right away. Yeah, I mean Gambit's biggest issues i think have to do with what dustin said it's a solo versus team-based yeah. game and mm-hmm. if if you're with 
all solos against the well-coordinated team, the chances you're already at a disadvantage because they're communicating. Yeah. And then you have to like, think about this way. Like if you're playing as a team and you tell your teammates, just bank five and go bank five and go. And then you have your, you will win. Yeah. (laughs) That's a strat. And that's another thing that, that they need to change. But if you're with three blueberries <laughs> and the guy's trying to get 15 and then every time an invader spawns, he, he just dies. goes for the 15. Yeah, yeah, you're just at a huge disadvantage. Yep. So it's marred by that. But like you said, you can't really separate team-based matchmaking with squad or solo-based matchmaking. There's just – I don't think the population's there for that. Yeah. Oh, oh, I had an idea, Stephen, just mm-hmm. talking about that. Could the drifter be louder for the person who has 15 <laughs> moats and won't put them into the machine? Put your moats in the thing now! <laughs> Well, hey, uh, Guardian! So you, the way you com- com- the way you combat that, the way you combat you, that is- I'm talking to you. Bank your moats. Put your moats in now. Stop whatever you're shooting. Just take away their ability to shoot anything. Oh, exactly. You're with. Yeah, I mean, so. you're never gonna get rid of the people who insist on trying to get 15. But I think you need to alter mechanics. So my laundry list of what you need to change in Gambit is. I think the wall hack uh, system when you invade is too yep. strong. It should be a pulse. Yep. Um, that combined with heavy ammo, it's just too good because you have a machine gun or a Queensbreakers or Sleeper. You can tell when the the enemy is going to peek a wall or whatever. Mm-hmm. You just pre-fire. It's way too strong. Um, what else? Uh, there needs to be an incentive because right now the optimal strategy is bank five. Yeah. And just keep putting pressure on. Yep. There needs to be an incentive to get to 10, get to 15. Because the ogre, honestly, to me, the difference between the cabal, the hive knight, and the ogre, it's it's like minimal. Blocker, I, I hate the sh- block the shield guys yes. suck. The blockers are the worst, and they're yeah. five because yeah. if you get close to them, they bounce you back, so you almost need a shotgun. So yeah, but it's like the, I would the, rather the I would rather get an ogre or a knight. Yeah. And a blocker. Me too. Because they have those dumb shields. Yep. Yeah. So, well, it's the shields that are annoying, but health wise, it, it's scaled that way. Yeah. And the ogre, the ogre does kick you back a bit, but like, it, it's not a problem really if you have a good team. Yeah. That's, that's, it, it all comes back to the souls versus team. Yeah. But they need to find a way to incentivize, um, getting to 10 and 15. Yes. They need a, they need to change how the, uh, the wall hack works. Yeah. And I also think, it's funny because we talked about it even before Gamma came out. Me and CJ yeah. voiced our concerns about melting. Yeah. Melting the primeval. And we all did. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, the number one issue is there's no fun when you just boss melt. Yeah. And it's funny because after we said that, we got a lot of crap in the comments for saying, like, why would you yeah. want to Oh, we're punish- going to get a lot of apologies this episode. Don't worry, Stephen. <laughs> why hey, would you, you guys made I, good I saw, points. I saw a lot of, like, why would you <laughs> yeah. punish optimal strategy, blah, blah, blah. Okay, it's optimal. Yeah, like, obviously you want to um, melt the boss, but it's not a fun gameplay mechanic, gameplay loop when you do that. Yeah. So they need to do something like the meatball where there's immune uh, I, yes. immunity factors. Barriers to just melting. Yes. yes. And... And, and and that's the thing. We talked about it on the E3 episode of Fireteam Chat. It was mm-hmm. me, you, Fran, and Sean. We mentioned that part exclusively. Then there was another episode that Steven was on, and we mentioned it prior to Gambit launching at yeah. the Gambit weekend when they did it free. And, yeah, the gating part with Meatball mm-hmm. is nice because it, it triggers this thing that doesn't allow him to be instant mm-hmm. That needs to be there. That's what we were talking about. It's not the the primeval buffs are nice, but the issue is if you if your whole team dies and his health goes back to the start, mm-hmm. and you're at like primeval slayer buff nine, if you have super saved, he's dead. 
Yeah. Like sometimes you're like, oh, don't worry, guys. Oh, dear God, they casted a yeah. super. And then you watch the bar just deplete in two seconds. It's like, Teddy, you ready? Yeah, melting, done. <laughs> exactly. You know, Teddy, by the way, I saw people asking Chad, who is Teddy? He doesn't Teddy is CJ's somebody a, that plays with CJ's all of us. CJ's imaginary friend. <laughs> it's CJ's imaginary friend. <laughs> no, but like the optimal yeah. strategy right now is you summon the primeval, you get like your melting point, all that saved up. You wait for that first invade, kill that first invade, and then melt. Yes. When you have an opt, when you have an optimal strategy like that with a team, it's easy. But and I love if, it. Yeah. But if you have, <laughs> yeah. if you're playing with blueberries and you realize once you get to a certain point in his health, he's going to turn immune. You have to shoot the, the immunity orbs. Yes. The blueberries understand like he's immune. We, we, well, I hope they understand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But then, yeah. but then it becomes less of a, all right, melting point wall radiance of synthesis. It, it becomes less of that and more on shooting and evading. And I, I, I think you should get more uh, primeval health when you kill an invader. Or when you kill someone invading. Like it, do, it does it, – it adds more health yeah. to that? Yeah, because the, the fun part when we played at E3, we had a limited sandbox. We didn't have tractor can or any of that stuff. But that's what we said, and that was why. Yeah, that's what we said. Yeah. And and after we played, we said like, like oh, imagine it's fun. with tractor. Yeah, it's <laughs> exactly. fun in this in this sandbox, but once you get escalation protocol shotgun and all that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the fun parts of the E3 demo were people were constantly invading back and yes. forth, and, we, and they didn't have heavy ammo. They didn't get queen. They just had rocket launchers. Yeah, they had yeah. rocket launcher and a grenade yeah. launcher. So it became more of gunplay and super play than just spawn and kill four people with queen breakers. Yeah. 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 I mean, so I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think we think that there should be some kind of gate mechanic at each bar of health. Once you maybe take the bar of health down, then the only way it goes back up is obviously when you get deaths. But mm-hmm. if it does go back up, you'd need to do that mechanic again for each bar of health, right? So. Yeah. I think that'd be good. Uh, Cosmo did tweet this. This is where this um, topic's coming from. Yep. Uh, I replied basically. Um, that's why I was pulling up stuff on my phone here. Uh, so I personally would love to see, yeah, blocker enemy variants change depending on the map and or enemy type. So basically right now it's those same three all the time. Oh, yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah, like if you were playing on a Vex map or if you are playing on whatever, that you would actually see different taking characters just in the blocker variant when you're putting them in just to change up the gameplay a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I think that'd be kind of nice. Um What's the – I can't remember what's the triumph called when everybody banks 15 emotes at the, oh. or 15 emotes. Oh, I don't yeah. know what it's called. That's fine. So so we did that one one time, and it was odd because one time we did it, and I panicked. And I was like, no, wait. <laughs> and then somebody deposited, and I was like, ah. But we did it after, and it gives you the triumph. So clearly they have that mechanism in the game. Mm-hmm. If there was some way maybe for two people to bank 15 simultaneously, there could maybe be some kind of reward that would help you in that primeval phase. Could be a buff. Could be something. But – if I think they allowed like something team like coordination that. rewards, yes, it'd be team coordination. So it doesn't dramatically impact it, but if you know that that's there, there's a an incentive to bank 15 because right now there's not. It, you're at, at a bigger risk. There's not enough advantage for yeah. you to carry 15 moats. Um, so I think it would incentivize people to do that, and I think it also just maybe help, uh, yeah, be an extra little gameplay dynamic in it. And then the last thing I think there needs without trials. Be nice if there's some kind of little trials reward where you played maybe a five gambit card, and after that, uh, I mean, if you went to a new location, that'd be cool. But even if a treasure chest spawned in the middle, and then you open it up, and you had a chance at a curated piece of armor and or weapon, would be cool. Because right now, how many uh, masterwork or what are they called now? Infusion, infusion, masterwork, infusion. Yeah, what, what's the, yeah. You say masterwork. Yeah, we yeah. say masterwork or enhancement cores. Yeah, how that's many, what it is. That's what. It yeah, is. how many do you have? 
Like I'm 130. Okay, so I only have like 10 or 20. And if I got a whole bunch of What are you ro- doing with them? Well, I want to infuse my gear because it ends up being like a look slash stat game and I can well, never have another game. Other just it, okay. It Let, let's so, get in let's get into it. Anyways, just as a human, yeah. I think I find something that works and then I just use that until someone's like, maybe you should tweak this. Then I'm like, ah, oh, maybe I don't know. I feel a little uncomfortable. But but that's what I mean. But, I, you, you're sitting on all this stuff, and I'm like, oh, I like the way this looks. Oh, but this has the perk I need. Oh, well, okay. Before the- we get into before we get into <laughs> that mass work debate, anyways, I, I I had an idea. If you bang 15 at the same time, right now the invasion portal opens at 25, 50, 75. Yeah. Maybe if like two people bang 15 at the same time, the invasion portal just opens. Oh yeah, I mean you have like you have thirty, but regardless, regardless, I think for, yeah. Yeah. that would be pretty pretty powerful for neat. each team. It probably has to be three with fifty or something. I mean, maybe. Yeah, maybe. So you spawn a huge blocker and you get to invade. Yeah, or, but it's high risk because like yeah, because you you can tell. Mm. I mean, good players in Gambit can tell how many how many modes has. the other team has. Yeah, and then the you, gray bar. Yeah. yeah, so like you see that white gray bar. You, you're going yeah, in there. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good you point. Want, you want that's a good point. So, but, but yeah, uh, so there's there's a bunch of things, but I think Gambit is a fun game mode. Uh, it's rather on the long side. I think mm-hmm. people feel that way about it. Um, and so I don't know if reducing the modes helps or maybe having yeah some other just damage to the primeval being done. Anyways, a lot of these things they were just asking for suggestions, so we're throwing it out there. Play a lot of Gambit. Yeah. It's fun, but I think the incentive, like I wish there was like a trial situation or different rewards, oh. which would I mean, help. Back to your masterwork. Uh, topic <laughs> make the drifters shout louder things when people That's have right. 15 mouths or if you're ready to spawn the prime <laughs> evil like figure out a way to just give him more dialogue that he incessantly shouts at those <laughs> players until they either bank their moats or spawn the prime he evil. shouts at the <laughs> lowest team the lowest scoring team member hey pick up the slack it's yeah. funny because stop dying it's <laughs> funny because lars the senior designer on gambit told me before the drifter was actually meaner. Really? Oh, yeah, right. he, they were. He was really mean to the to the losing team. I like to, that. Though. They toned him down. Oh, losing team, try better, do better. Yeah, yeah. He, losing. Yeah, team. they told he losing told team. me. What are you he told doing? Me they yeah. drastically toned him down. Yeah. yeah, and I'd I'd love to hear what it used to be like. Yeah, losing team. Maybe you should play something else. Exactly. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> but uh, like, let's. I want to go back to your master. Have you, have mass you tried work, Crucible? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I want to go back to your master thing. Um, it's fine in terms of weapons yeah. because the weapons you can use on all three characters. My biggest gripe with the master cores for armor is yeah once you infuse armor it takes so much of your inventory or materials yeah and then let's say you get something like 10 minutes later that looks cooler that's better you just wasted all those materials so i know i haven't masterworked a single piece of armor there you go masterworked yeah why but yeah, there's very little oh, to no incentive. because you get extra uh, damage. Well, you get the super, super. Well, yeah, yes, that's fair. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, but that—that's a thing. None of us have done it. it it's so, just well, too for crucible costly. sets. Well, but yeah. it, that's the thing, right? And if you want to start playing like that and min-maxing, there's some value to that. But like Steven's saying, you're yeah. not going to dump like, all your freaking enhancement cores when they're super rare to get. But if you got those things curated out of that game mode and you could break it down and get the cores back. It's just another incentive play to yeah, get like, more of those. Yeah, like I, I have my PV set, my gamut set, my yeah. PVP set. I'd love to uh, mass work my armor set for all those, but there's always that one armor piece that I would rather wear. And if I get the yeah. roll, then I'm going to wear that. But I don't want to dump all those resources because of primary ammo finder on my chest piece. <laughs> so, so well, yes. <laughs> uh, primary wh- ammo. What, one reason you might uh, do that is because of the super and weapon changes coming yes. to PvP. 
Nice we're going to transition to right now. <laughs> yeah, so some big changes have come to the weapon and armor items in Destiny 2 and supers. So we're going to get into those. CJ, you have many, many notes from the weekly update here. There's only one important one, Destin. <laughs> Make Quiver great again. They heard me. They are. Oh, really? What are they, they are doing? making it. It looks like it could be getting a damage buff to Mobius Quiver. They haven't said if it's going to track Hitting an not. enemy will kill them. Hopefully. <laughs> That's what the hope is. You hit um, an enemy in the face, they will die. If you headshot him. So right now, currently, that is how Quiver works. Read, if read you this, headshot though. him. Read this, though. Says, don't break it, Steven. It says, don't break it from Higher damage bonus is applied on the first hit instead of stacking and multiplying. Does that mean I can one-shot and quiver? I don't know. But if it, it doesn't, nice. I'm going to be upset. Okay, What does and that mean? Golden, I don't know. If Golden Gun one-shots, quiver should one-shot. It yeah, should. It should. Yeah. It's the super. It, it, not yeah. only that, it's way harder to use. Yeah. Who's going, hey, man, check it out. I'm I'm the quiver king. Nobody but me. That Nobody's <laughs> saying that. And not to mention, yeah, think of how— Please send fan artwork to <laughs> Fireteam Chat at I, or Destiny uh, at IGN. It was a Robin Hood guy who was in the Twitter. Uh, but, yeah, it's way harder to use Quiver. And right now, it doesn't even eliminate the super most of the time. Like, if you even direct impact, it takes it away. But in Destiny 1 Quiver, you could hit it, like, roughly around them. It was a smaller radius. But now it doesn't even usually work to take the super away. So at least needs to be one hit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, done. Uh, Rant over. Uh, there was one that I saw in here that I was interested in. Uh, where is it? Telesto. Thank oh, God. Thank the heavens. Telesto is. was so unfun to go up against yeah, the PvP, and I'm like, all right, they're all using Telesto. Should yeah. we get our Telestos and make this really not fun? Yeah. The community and, and was pretty happy happen. about a yeah. Wave Splitter, too. Uh, we're on PC, so we've never played with Wave Splitter. Where yeah. is it? But they, is that the PlayStation it's exclusive? The void, yeah. It's the Void uh, Trace Rifle. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's the PlayStation exclusive, but apparently it's bonkers. Yeah. And, it, and it's crazy. I just got uh, Jotun. Am I saying that right? Yoten. Yeah, we heard. Yoten. Yeah, did you did you know that I got Yoten? You got Redricks also. I and also what was that other Redricks gun? Luna's Howl. Howl. So on that not forgotten. That was so Brian. two seasons yeah. ago. Um, <laughs> thanks, Kevin. <laughs> um, but no, it was one of those things where when I got Yoten, I felt bad because I was doing it with Strike Grinder uh, Brian Malkowitz and my imaginary friend Teddy. It was really <laughs> weird because they had grinded it out for like all six times, and then I jump in there and do it and get it on the first try, and I actually did feel bad, and then. Yeah, Sean was like, oh, that makes up for your no hawk moon. I was like, it does not make up for the no hawk moon all year one. Yeah, uh, but Yoten is pretty cool. I, I haven't had Yoten yet. But what do you think about these changes? Yeah, these these seem good. I mean, it's funny. Telesto is one of those weapons where this goes back to the whole PvE versus PvP conversation chat that Sean and I have argued about mm. where um, – yeah, it does eliminate some of that cool factor in PvE if they don't make adjustments separately for PvP. And PvP was broken, and I'm a fusion guy. Mm -hmm. It was broken. You'd stick somebody, it would like hit their toe, and then they would die going around a corner. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm it's, glad it's nerfed overall. Yep. I hopped onto yeah. uh, PlayStation 4 PvP on Destiny 1 a few days ago, and I was like, oh, good. I was kind of good on PlayStation 4. <laughs> Not not great, not great, but I I did okay on PS4, and uh, I just I'm not a big PvP guy anymore. I don't know what's happened. I saw a thread on Reddit today that really resonated with me, where they also talked about like how Iron Banner just something's off, like something's less incentivizing to continue playing it. I I do like running through Iron Banner with my friends and getting yeah. the wins and getting the tokens and and but like the armor set's not great this time around yeah uh, i really like the year one armor set with the the different variations on I, them i didn't like and and now and now they're now they're useless like you would yeah. never put on that armor set so i put in all that work and i think that's the thing they keep retiring your old gear yeah yes so 
today I'm sitting here and you guys are like, oh, there's plenty of stuff you could do. And I'm like, why? They're going to retire it in what, a month? That's when the next issue. piece of content yeah, comes out? They always have that issue. So, like, yeah. so why am I going to do the chase when the chase is going to be eliminated as they really need here. they really need to bring a static role that you can pull out of your collections yeah yes yeah, that'll fix the that. vault space problem almost immediately it, it would it, it really do it, it's funny because when you look back at even trials and destiny one when they did that they started including some of the old gear from year one and two at the later stages in rise of iron i think you could actually get most of the trials year oh, one they, and two gear. they put it in the loop they pool. put it in the loot yeah. pool so it's like I feel like that would actually be kind of nice if it identified that you got all the new set. Potentially, yeah, to get the old set. Like, cause like you say, if you can't add any of those new mods to it, which you can't, yeah. that obsoletes it. And oh yeah, they, like they need to just, yeah. I, I'm, they yeah, need I, to some just of, open year one. Yeah, armor. but some of that's intentional. Like some of like the raid, like midnight coup, and you not having those. Yeah, weapons like being those weapons were so cool. And like, I'm like, why did I? So like yeah. the, the realization that they continuously do this has de-incentivized me to continue playing to chase these new things like Jotun. Yeah. I, I, I'll grind for that very casually yeah. because I feel like they're just going to nerf it by the time I get it at this point. That's another conversation you know? that's happening. People are going like, don't, you're, don't nerf it because, mm-hmm. again, I've said this like, yeah, when you, do, when you don't get it. And yeah. then for like four or five months, you want to use it, and then you finally get it when it's a nerf. Like I understand them mm-hmm. being delayed on sandbox changes, but there is something to be said about yeah, when when you're nerfing and buffing, and then this weapon, this coveted weapon that you want, is nerfed when you get it a few months later. That kind of sucks, and I don't know how they fix that though. Yeah, I'm at this really point don't. with Destiny where I feel like I've experienced all of the content that they have to offer right now. I've yeah. done all the quest to unlock all the forges mm-hmm. i've thrown all the balls at all the forges to power <laughs> them up and then i killed the final boss and all those uh i went through all the quest lines and now last words coming up right yeah lore wise i'm intrigued by the story that they're going to tell tied to last word yeah but grind wise i'm concerned that it's not going to be compelling based on what we've experienced with unlocking yeah the the forges yeah. so i'm a little concerned in that respect are you guys excited about last word because for me i play with it in destiny one it's a pv PvP gun. I'm a PVE guy for the most part, and for me, I'm just sort of like maybe I'll get it, or I'll, I can just watch you guys do it, or whatever. Yeah. So you're the chase is not there for you. Yeah. I was, you know, it's funny. There's a lot of people who rave about Last Word. I was not a huge Last Word guy. I Sean liked, was. Yeah, Sean loved it. I liked Hawkmoon better, um, but again, I think it's because I was chasing it. Uh, but yeah, that that's fair. I mean, there's some merit to that. I think. Yeah, knowing what we went through to open the forges, that is a concern now because it felt like once you get the forge open and you're playing the forge and all that stuff, it's actually pretty good. Like that grind to get powerful weapons, I, I dig that. Like I don't mind it. Yeah, it's a good it's a good loop. Yeah, it's a good loop. Opening it up though, yeah, that felt tedious. And it feels like if there's no kind of story invested in that experience, which I don't think that they'll do that for last word. Like hopefully not. There'll, there'll but- be lore-based stuff, but if it's just – dialogue that i can read online yeah like all the black armory stuff that you have to get by the way by failing the go fan and forge i believe the yeah. easiest way to do it is it's to fail on. it yeah. repeatedly yeah, mm-hmm. that's crazy man the yeah. only way yeah. that i can get that context of what happened with ada which is an excellent story by the way yeah, yeah. which i read online on that reddit compiled <laughs> because yeah. i realized oh that's gonna take me 10 hours to yeah. fail go fan and forge over and over again yeah. with my lowest light gear on like that like that's not a great way to uh expose your audience to to your fantastic story about ada yeah. and and fleshing out that character more yeah well even even the prince coming back as a guardian is hidden yeah if yep. you if you didn't do well that week you wouldn't know yeah 
And yeah. that, and I hope we hear a little bit about more that storyline, like prior to September. I don't expect to hear. That I don't in think a while. we will. I don't think we yeah. will either. But it, w- it would be nice. Maybe hopefully there's a tie-in to maybe this last word. That's everything that I really want to talk about the weapons. I just want to make sure you guys had opportunity to discuss any of the other changes. Uh, we sort of touched on the supers changing, like the, the Dude, there's war, a lot they're the buffing, warlock void yeah yeah buffing dawn blade like what in the world <laughs> i know dude. really it already goes the so super fast. duration is increased yeah. for dawn blade that's nuts yeah uh they they buffed sniper rifles i can't find find the note yeah that's needed i think yeah yeah uh, increase the damage on the rapid fire archetype to be able to uh to, to a thus i can't talk to be able to kill in two body shots yeah so that in I, I will say that is excellent. I would say it snipers have not felt right in Destiny no, 2. In Destiny 1, one you could two body shot. Everything. And another thing that they. I would snipe in Destiny 1, and I am a terrible sniper. <laughs> yeah, you could yeah. two body shot in Destiny 1. It was a lot more satisfying. And another thing that you still can't do in Destiny uh, 2, except with a couple of sniper rifles, you used to be able to. Run sniper in Destiny One to counter supers. Yes, as that with a headshot. Yeah, you can't headshot kill supers anymore with a sniper rifle, um, and you can't. I, I would. Lo- I was a shotgun man in Destiny One, and I would love pushing supers, roaming supers, and shotgun mailing them. And you could kill them yeah. if you hit enough pellets. You can't do that anymore in Destiny Two. Right. It, supers are. They feel like. They feel super. They feel super, but there's no more outplaying supers anymore, in my opinion. It's right. just you kind of run. Yeah. No, I, well, and, that, and that's the other thing, especially mm-hmm. with non-projectile supers like um, uh, oh, the Hunter one, help me, the Spectral Blades. Spectral Blades, yeah. I mean, it's really fast, and I love that you can bridge the gap fast, and I do like that. But I don't know how many times I just see people when I activate the super jump off the map. Oh, yeah. It, it happens there, so many times. I'll do that. Uh, I, I've done that. Just like, no, you're not going to get a kill. Yeah. Sorry. In but, Destiny yeah. 1, there yeah. definitely was a skill gap. And a gameplay mechanic where you could outplay and out counter supers with yes. just your guns. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. They feel way too good. And maybe, <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's where some of those, like if you have the arc mods or the, mm-hmm. you know, the void mods increase with your armor, there's, there's maybe a better play to do that where if you have that, there's big, a bigger super buff. If they decrease maybe the damage that you're taking in the super. Oh, there's, yeah. Like give incentive to. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 There's one, I mean, you could always team shoot. Usually, usually when a arc strider, for example, is running at your team i'm like everybody just team shoot and we're gonna be fine yeah but that's because he's so slow yeah. right like and then you if you can get those people yeah you just wait and you're like oh he's gonna run after us but i think that's the reason why they did the bow staff uh twirling thing is because yeah. you just wait and then sometimes you can just walk close to that and hope but mm-hmm. you're right there's enough there's enough supers where it feels like if you're not throwing a projectile you you just run so nobody uses that anymore they use the invisible blade thing the best yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> wait till you get guishan's is that everything you guys <laughs> yeah i think so man all right yep. well thank you guys for joining yeah. the show you're welcome sean out doing work <laughs> or whatever <laughs> yeah that's all we have for you this time we'd love to hear your thoughts on any of the topics that we discussed today but for us that's it for this time until next time guardians, guardians out. out i almost said fire team shout out <laughs> it works <laughs> Thank you.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.